direct from the web, it's Billy Masters Live. And now, please welcome your host, Billy Masters. Oh my God, I'm just having a refreshing beverage. Hello everyone, welcome to Billy Masters Live. I am, of course, your host, Billy Masters, and today... Look at that. It appeared like magic. Today is Thursday, December 10th. I am exhausted. I have been running around like crazy. I am still in Florida, as you can tell from my lovely Floridian abode. And um, I head back to Boston on Saturday. So there's so many little things to take care of. And ye yesterday, I was out shopping. I have to just show you. You know, you've seen, I've shown you these See, we have like this display. These are my balls. I have some blue balls. I have some hairy balls. I have some see-through balls. There's just all sorts of balls. I love little like, you know, because it's Florida. So you want to have little like Floridian things. There's a Moroccan star over there. There's a little sun gal. There's a little fish. Anyway, Yesterday, I go to this place called Out of the Closet here in Fort Lauderdale. We used to have one in West Hollywood. I guess we still do on Santa Monica Boulevard. I don't know because we're in a pandemic. And um, every once in a while, I go to Out of the Closet because you might find something that somebody has donated and all the money goes to AIDS research. And, you know, I always like to, you know, spread the money around. And it's all stuff I don't need. Like, did I need more balls? I've got enough although not lately. Anyway, so I found this, and I just want to show you. Look at this. This is, I thought it was just like a ceramic lighthouse. Can you see? And look, there's a little fish and everything. But it's a cookie jar. I just love this. And I got it for $3.99. And there's a lot of blue in my house because I love blue. And I like to keep the beach motif. <gasps> Maybe I'll put this next to the ball. You can enjoy it. No, you're not going to enjoy it. Right there, next to the fish. Can you see that? No, you're going to have me in the way. Whatever, it's just a lighthouse. You know, I'm not guiding ships in, really. Anyway, welcome to Billy Masters Live. Of course, we are continuing our holiday season. Um, I have to tell you, next week, Thursday, we are having Ruth Pointer of the Pointer Sisters. For those of you keeping track, this will be our second Pointer sister. Um, Tuesday's show, I can't tell you because there were two people tentatively booked. I don't know what's going to happen, but we will do something. I believe next week is going to be our last shows of Before Christmas, but I don't know because there is also a couple people that want to be on, and if they do, I may do a show on the week of Christmas on Tuesday. That's tentative. You know, I'm I'm not getting paid for this. You know, if you want to see it, you see it. Look, do you realize this is our, oh, you can turn off the date. This is our 70th show. Every Tuesday and Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific during the pandemic. So 70 shows. And you know what? It's actually been so much fun because it's given me something to do. I started it so that you guys who were sitting home bored would just have something to do, a little laugh. And then I realized that, you know, it gave me something to do. And, you know, let me tell you the trick of being a good 
talk show host or interviewer. It's like being on a first date. And can I just tell you, I've been on a lot of first dates, not quite as many second dates, but a lot of first dates. There's also been a lot of encounters that really I don't consider a date one way or the other. Um, but anyway, so it's like you're all on a date with Billy. Even during a pandemic, I'm a whore. So um, we have two guests today, and um, I'm going to start. <laughs> this is so funny. So Quesadilla, you probably all know Quesadilla from Chico's Angels, and so much fundraising and Tupperware parties and online shows and cooking. So I just was on Facebook. And it's K-K-A-Y, Sedia, S-E-D-I-A. There you go. Don't mind me. Um, and a week or so ago, all of a sudden, she was making something that looked delicious. It was a um, stacker of vegetables and chicken, rice. Um, you know, it was like some sort of a bowl. And she did it in a stacker. And I was just there fascinated watching her and I just want to show you a clip okay so now I'm gonna go ahead and start building my stack for uh for cooking I'm gonna go ahead and set minutes, Billy Masters is in the house he says you are stacked enough quesadilla that's been that hi Billy have me back on your show when are we gonna talk again can we go look at this Billy says text him he'll talk to you anytime perfect okay hi papa you want to say hello Say hola. Hold on, Papa. I'm cooking. Hold on one second. Hi. You want to get up and then come hold him for a sec. So you can say hola. Hi. What's wrong? You hungry? Darren oh, he's so I'm cute. Because this is his dinner. He's in trouble because I told him not to leave the room. <laughs> ah, you don't know más, Donquito? You're not listening. <laughs> I could sit and watch Quesadilla cook for hours, and I actually have. So I am thrilled to have her all. We're going to start with Quesadilla, who's going to get us started. The delightful Quesadilla. Hola. How are you, Karina? Oh, you know what? I'm just trying to keep it sexy here in Sun Valley. Oh, you know, can I just say watching you cook is so funny. And I told you before the show, somebody was talking about that you had this, um, it's a chopper that you pull the cord yeah. and it chops yeah. and, and you, and she said, I love that chopper. And you said, we're changing lives. We're changing lives with the use of plastic. <laughs> How much Tupperware do you have? I have probably everything in the catalog and then some. I have a garage full of it. I have. I used to have a storage, but I started doing bingo so that I could get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. And do you do it because you love it? Do you do it just for the work? What do you? What got you into it? Well, you know what? It's funny because when I started doing Tupperware, I had just been performing for about two years. Mm -hmm. And... I just found that I wasn't enjoying being in clubs. So yeah. looking for another outlet, I started performing with an improv troupe, The Plush Life. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I know them, yep. With Mr. Dan. And I started performing at Drag Ship. And those two places I really enjoyed performing because it was more of an artistic outlet in that we were we were reworking songs, we were doing parodies. And I was having a blast there. But then I'd go to clubs and try to lip sync and I was terrible at it. Plus, it just I was more of like a theater queen. So yeah. Um, what happened was I went to a Tupperware party. 
I was invited by my friend, uh, Chris Anderson, who everyone knows as Dixie Longgate. I know Dixie, yep. Right? And his roommate was Danny Castillas, who plays Frida-Lay in Chico's Angels. Yep. So Danny had a Tupperware party, and Danny and I were just acquaintances, acquaintances at the time. That's a hard word. It's a hard word. Yeah. But what happened was he invited me, and then Frank, P-H-R-A-N-C, Frank. She was an old punk rock. Oh, singer. yes, the singer, right. Yes. She was the Tupperware hostess, and it was kind of like a bucket list thing that she was doing. Really? Hysterical. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I could totally do this in drag. And then I said to Chris, I go, hey, we should do this in drag. And he said, well, I'll do it if you do it. I'm like, let's do it. So we and there you go. There we go. We both signed up. That was August of our July, August of 20, 2001. Oh, my God. It's been forever. 19 years I've been doing this now. Girl. And what about the cooking? I love the cooking shows. Here's the thing. The reason I, my little one, he's in and out right now. I love him. He's so cute. Oh, thank you. He's try living with him. Okay. But here's the thing. Um, I am a terrible cook. I am not a good cook. What I have found is that I've been cooking recipes that I have found through Tupperware. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't so bad. And it's not so hard. Right. You I make it look very easy. Thank you. Thank you. It's first time easy. Papa, yeah. go with daddy. Back at the door. Well, and speaking of daddy, what I love is that your husband comes in and he eats the food afterwards and he'll tell you, mm, this isn't very good or, oh, this is delicious. Yeah, and he gets it when he tells me it's not good. I'm like, you're supposed yeah, to well. lie on the screen. <laughs> All right. Now, I got to go to Carl, but what are we going to make today? I'm going to make a simple three-ingredient three peanut butter cookie. Do you want me to start it? Start it. I will start it, and then you can go up to Carl, and then while it's baking, and then you will cook, right? You'll come back to me, Billy. And I will. What I'm gonna grab here is the that's a bowl medium container. Now, just FYI for people who are watching, this hole for the longest time I didn't know what this hole was for. I just thought Tupperware is getting a little kinky, but who am I to say? But what it is, <laughs> it's a thumb rest, so you can grip onto the bowl. Oh, look at that! So it won't slip. So 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 simple. So I'm going to go ahead and use this ball. Let me see if I can fit you guys into the screen. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get one cup of yeah. sugar in my okay. mouth. Got it. Okay. Let me go ahead and you can never have too much. Never have too much sugar. Okay. And that's it. One cup of sugar. Mm -hmm. One cup of peanut butter. Okay. I like my peanut butter to have nuts. Just FYI. Yeah, well, it's all right. I get it. I've got balls. You have nuts. It's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this is the Fossil Silicone Spatula, which I think is the best invention ever created. Oh, that's, you keep talking about this silicone spatula. You love it. Right? Because whenever you cook, mix, or anything, and you always have that ex excess in the bowl still. Mm -hmm. Yep. Scrapes it all up, and you, there's no mess and no fuss. It gets everything. And even your peanut butter. You know how sometimes- oh, look at that. You get right to the edge. Sometimes you get- to the bottom of your peanut butter, and you know, I, I could probably scrape out another sandwich out of that one, but you can't because you're trying to use a butter knife. Right. But the saucy silicone spatula, it mixes it right up. It gathers it all up. Look at that. Let me this up. This is the only difficult part, is trying to get all these peanut butter in this cup. One more, one more. Okay. All right. Check it out. And people can follow you on Facebook at Quesadilla on Facebook. Quesadilla one with another one. one. Why? Is there another quesadilla? I, can, I was going to cut a bitch, but it's 
It's not anybody who's a performer or anything like that. It's somebody actually named Quesadilla. I'm like, sorry. Yeah, well, you know. All I'd right. like to so, see some birth right. records on that. Okay, yep. There's the peanut butter. One cup of peanut butter. Yeah. You scoop that right in. Let me get this in the screen. And scoop that into the bowl with the sugar. Got it. And again, it scrapes everything right out of this. See, no waste. Although I would eat it all anyway. And yep. One. Yeah. Hey, now I'm gonna go ahead and grab my screen so you guys can take a look at this. Okay. Oh, see, it's like a real shell. Look at that. Okay, so I'm gonna crack one egg. Yep. Do you often cook with all that jewelry on? Uh, well, you know, I gotta try to keep it sexy in the kitchen. I know. Well, look, that is it. I'm gonna go ahead and mix it all up. It? That is my whole ingredient. Oh, and then you just gotta stir this up. Make sure everything gets mixed in. Yeah. And right. using, I have um, a cookie scoop. Look okay. That. That's so easy. Look at that batter. Mmm, smells good too. Carl is sitting in the background thinking, I haven't had a carb in 10 years and I'm watching oh, them. Okay. I'm about to join you because this pandemic has not been kind to my figure. Oh, you and me both, I know. Girl, let me just tell you, I am so in the moomoos right now, okay? <laughs> they need to make a comeback. <laughs> Hello, Bibi Andrade. Date Billy during the pandemic by tuning in. That's right. And by buying some Tupperware from Quesadilla. Oh, my God. But, you know, it's so funny because um, as soon as this pandemic hit, I thought, oh, that's it. My business is done. No, we're, we're keeping people. Look, we're changing lives. We're changing lives. But the first three months was incredible over the top sales. Like I had never. Oh, yeah. Well, I think everyone needed to find their way. I mean, we started the show, I guess. April 1st, so it took about a month. Okay, now the next thing, which happens yep. to be on sale right now, but Billy, you know what I was thinking? We should have set you up with your own Tupperware link so that you could have been my hostess and earned free Tupperware. Oh, my God, I could have earned Tupperware. You could have earned Tupperware. So this, right. is, this Look is at cookie that. Cookie sheet. Now, Tupperware has many silicone forms right now, which I've been obsessed with lately because okay. it is so simple to cook. Now, this can go into the freezer, it can go into the microwave, it can go into the oven, which is how it's I'm going to melt or anything. It will not melt. But you see all the little circles? Yeah. Okay. Oh my God, that's going to be your form for the cookies. And it measures everything out for you. So you you know, you could just be pretty and not know things, and you could still make these that's cookies. Nice. You look, right? So, like, Oh, yep. Now you do need, whatever you do, put the silicone forms in the oven. You did need to put it on top of a cooking sheet or something like that. Right? Yeah, you don't want to put it right on the rack. No, you don't want to put it on the rack because then. And speaking of racks, your rack looks good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now you keep cooking. I have to go to Carl. We will check. Oh, how long do you have to cook that for? These will cook for eight minutes, but it's going to take me a little bit to get them okay, in. Where do you go? We'll be back to you in about twenty minutes. I'll be here. I'll be oh here. Oh, my God. I love it. Casey, do you look at this? This is interactive. This is Martha Stewart-level cooking. All right. Now, Carl Schmidt, if you live in Southern California, although, look, I say that, then somebody said to me, you know, he used to be on Logo, and I should know that, and I think I do know that. I never watched Logo. I know I'm a bad gay because I pitched a show to them, and they didn't want 
They wanted me, but they wanted me with somebody else. They wanted me to be played by somebody else. Who else is going to play Billy Masters? Anyway, um, I know my audience. So I've got this clip of Carl. I spent hours last night going through footage. And of course, what do I find out from my shallow viewers? This. As the Aussie host of Operation Vacation, I'm always on the go. So catching a cold isn't an option. That's why I always make time to exercise. I'm really into nutrition, so eating healthy and staying hydrated is key to avoiding colds. And looking good. When I'm traveling, I like to keep it clean. With sanitizer, of course, I use it to fight germs. So the next time you get your jet set on, follow my tips for a trip that's beyond memorable. And not because you have to go to the doctor. See, look, he's he sanitized himself even before it was popular. But... What everybody really knows about him is a couple of years ago, he came out as HIV positive. And I'm just gonna show a little bit of this message and then we'll go to Carl, take a look. I didn't do this for attention. I did this because it was important for me to start owning who I am. I'm HIV positive. It's part of who I am, but it doesn't define me. And if you're HIV positive, it shouldn't define you either. Take the steps to educate yourself and those around you, those you care about, your friends, your family. Go and get tested. This is an illness that can go away, but we face stigma. We face shame. We face the feeling of inequality, not being accepted. We can get rid of that the more we talk about it. So if me being honest, wearing my AIDS Memorial t-shirt and thinking, oh, that was a cute picture of me, I'll stick it on social media, helps start a conversation, then fantastic. Do it for yourself, do it for others, do it for your community. It's time to end the stigma. I'm Carl Schmid, I'm 37 years old, and I'm HIV positive. And he's here with us now, ladies and gentlemen, Carl Schmidt. I'm Carl Schmidt, and now I'm 40 years old, Billy Marcus. And if I start eating quesadillas cookies, which is essentially just peanut butter and sugar, exactly, I may not make it to 42. It's healthy. Thanks for having me. It's all natural. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. yeah did you know? That's what I often say. Sugar is natural. It comes from the cane plant. Yes, and you know she used that all natural Jif peanut butter. I did notice that. You know, in Australia, we have a brand of uh, peanut butter. Oh, no, it's here you call it Skippy peanut butter. Skippy, but in Australia, yeah. Skippy is a kangaroo, so. Oh, well, and where are you? Where are you on quarantining right now? I am quarantining in my apartment in West Hollywood, uh, which has also become my office of the last <laughs> nine and a half months. So, uh, but, you know, there are worse places to be stuck. And thankfully, yeah. I live alone. You know, I've, I've been essentially practicing social distancing since I was six. So <laughs> this whole having to be by yourself thing is not a, a shove for me. I, I actually quite enjoy it. Well, see, so we're having a first date. We are Anything having a first date. possible, even during a pandemic. You know, I usually live in West Hollywood. I flew back to Boston to spend the pandemic with my parents because in case something happened, nothing has happened, thank God. Your family is in Australia, most of them? Yeah, well, I, I have two brothers. One actually lives in Washington State. The other one lives in Sydney, Australia. And my, my parents are in Australia. So uh, if How I would they do it? Them, it would, they're great. They, you know, Australia and New Zealand have actually done this the right way. Um, and, and they locked things down 
the way you should lock things down. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm somewhat surprised here in California when we've had all these county shutdowns and now we're in the middle of a sort of a statewide lockdown, but it's too late, you know, and the only Much. people that are really hurting are all the small businesses. You, they shouldn't have shut county by county. So what? So they'll drive to Ventura County and have dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yep. work. So thankfully they're in Australia that the case numbers down there are very low and, and touch wood. They're doing fine. And you know what? My family, we've all lived separate around the world for the last 20 years. So mm. thankfully, we're used to living through Skype and, and video chat more than we see each other. But it's it's still tough. I know that when this pandemic, I guess it was maybe May or June, I have a friend in Melbourne, Australia, and he had said, I had, he had asked how we were doing. I asked how he was doing. And he said, oh, it's gotten scary. We just had a spike. We hit 100. I said, that's not a spike. <laughs> what well, that was I, I, I saw a statistic the other day that talked about um, the number of new cases in Southern California had, had was 10,000, which was more than all of the cases in Japan combined. You know, yeah. look, I, I don't understand. I don't get it. You know, that we're told that we should stop at a stop sign, and most of the time we do. Um, we always put a seatbelt on, um, you know, Put a damn mask on. I know it's the new condom. No one wanted to wear condoms back in the day. HIV AIDS came along. We put on condoms. Put on a mask. It doesn't take much. Well, it's funny because I, I had known you because I live, as I say, I live in Southern California. So I've seen you on TV for years. And when you came out as HIV positive and you're so young, what I thought was that it really does remind people AIDS is not gone. AIDS is not a generation away. AIDS is still there. And young people are the people who are getting infected the quickest. Well, yeah. And certainly young people of color uh, yes. and, you know, minority communities in this country, especially. Uh, you're right. It hasn't gone away. Look, there have been huge medical and scientific advances, which are phenomenal, which means that if you do get an HIV diagnosis now, uh, you can expect to live a very long, happy and somewhat healthier life than those who don't, because you end up going to the doctor two or three times a year. So you, you, you catch things if things creep in. Um, and you're right. That's so, you necessary. Know, yeah, and well, you 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 get on the HIV medicine once you're diagnosed. You become undetectable, and that means that the virus is so low in your body that it can't be detected on a on a typical clinical test. Uh, and then you can't transmit the virus. You can't right. pass the virus on it. If you're undetectable, you're untransmittable. So we have come a long way, but we're still not there. And and what is stopping us really from from stopping HIV and AIDS altogether? in my opinion, is the stigma that surrounds mm -hmm. it. It's the misinformation, it's the misunderstanding that it is still a gay white man's disease. So right. if I'm a, a heterosexual woman, I don't need to think about it. Um, you know, and it's, a woman it's of color, only it is a right. huge pandemic because they are sleeping with partners that don't tell them that either they have right. slept with men or that they have drug use or that they have it. We've had Cheryl Lee Ralph on here several Who, times. Yeah, I, I saw that. And she she's just done a fantastic job. She just raised a lot of money with oh. her divas simply singing uh, last week. Kudos to her and everyone that participated in that. But yeah, and look, this all stems from we just don't talk about sex in this country. God forbid right. you talk about sex. I mean, it is only one of the most natural things uh, um, that any animal does. It's the thing that we all have in common, mm -hmm. sex. We're all most here because of it. 
most of them, well, most of us, but uh, we can't talk about that. So, you know, we, we just, we, we've shrouded anything sexual and then HIV AIDS or, you know, IE drug use in this, in this cloud of guilt and sin and disgust. Um, because and judgment. I constantly. And judgment. Well, the thing is, if, if I was diagnosed with cancer, people come and wrap their arms. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? If I'm diagnosed with diabetes, oh my God, that sucks. What does this mean for you? And then I say, well, I'm HIV positive. People go, how'd you get it? Right. That is the first question. And, you know, I think it bears mentioning you're about 10 years younger than me. I really came out. I thought you were about 10 years younger than me. Oh, God, I love you. It's the special firing. I am firing the PR people I work with. They gave me wrong nights. Um, but I came out just as AIDS was starting. So I don't remember a time before AIDS and I'm assuming you don't either. Well, no, actually I do. Um, we oh. had some pretty horrific, we had some pretty horrific, uh, and powerful ad campaigns in Australia where I was growing up at the time. And that mm-hmm. was 1987. I clearly remember these, these fear ads, these campaigns that were put on, um, paid for by the government. Uh, and they put the fear of God in you, as they should at the time, because no one really had a grasp on it. The problem right. is they did such a good job at scaring the hell out of everybody. It became a taboo topic that no one even no one wants to ever discuss and to this day. So when you hear HIV or AIDS, it's not really a, a sexy topic you want to put on the morning news shows and talk about the fantastic uh, headway we've made with it and the, the fact that U equals U exists and there's we've got PrEP now and we've got these great medicines and we're very quickly going towards a uh, once every couple of months injectable uh, medication so you don't mm-hmm. have to take a pill every day. But it, the, the amount of times that I pitched this to various morning news shows, including ones relatively close to me, I get the same response. You know, thank you, what you're doing is amazing and, and you, you've got such a great story just not the right time because no one wants to talk about it because we scared everyone and it circles back to this to do with sex and quite often lgbtq issues people identify right. it with or minorities or drug use yeah, exactly that's not pretty on the you know on on certain morning shows well i'm going to actually tell you i i don't think i've said this on the air but it's certainly been in my column when i you know i every time i bring this up i feel like i have to apologize for being hiv negative because i lived through so many people dying that you do have sort of survivor's guilt but and it's almost like you're bragging and it's not that at all but when prep started i thought it was really important to get the word out to people about PrEP. And I talked to my doctor, doctor, I got all the information and I went on PrEP and I went public with it. And I was told that I shouldn't have, that there were people who said, well, now you're telling people that you're on PrEP and then you're telling them more about your sex life and that you're negative. I said, I don't have a problem telling any of that. Why is that an issue? Oh, exactly. And, and also there was a whole, campaign of slut shaming pardon my language that went that was, on i got that oh, too. you're t- you're taking prep you must be a real you know jumping sure. from one bit to the next <laughs> or or we could look at it and say mm, i'm taking responsibility for my own sexual health and that of my partners um and again because we don't talk about sexual health so freely in this country um people don't get tested they because i have two friends in their early two cis gendered straight white 
heterosexual men who are really good friends of mine, both in their mid to late 20s. And they both revealed to me uh, a little while ago that they had never been in for a sexual health screening. I nearly fell off my chair. I mean, I yelled at them and I said, why? And they're like, because, you know, you're then you're labeled as dirty. So there lies the biggest problem. We, We just don't talk about it. But I would think that, you know, taking responsibility for your own sexual health and that of your sexual partners is um, is something that should be commended, really, rather than shamed. Yeah, I have actually, you know, I didn't even think about this till just a second. I've still been taking prep during this pandemic. Now, I haven't hooked up with anyone in eight months, but I'm still taking it. I suppose I don't have to, but it's part of my life now. And I think that's when you are, it's like getting in a car. I don't think about putting on my seatbelt. I just put it on. So the more that you educate people and it becomes part of their lives, the less it's a stigma. And that's part of the campaign that you're talking about, the getting rid of the stigma of talking about it and dealing with people who are HIV positive. Well, yeah, I mean, look, we created the F stigma campaign and we create, we, we, we've done these and I know you got I one. Have a mask. It's, it's, in Boston. it's waiting <laughs> Boston. It's waiting for you. And we're proud to say that they're made in America too. We created these face masks because we're all supposed to be wearing them right now uh-huh. um, with the simple F stigma on it. And, you know, a lot of people are going to assume or make an assumption what the F stands for. And that's good. That's fine. And what it does is it, it makes someone go, what does that mean? That's all it takes, Billy. What does that mean? What does F stigma mean? What are you talking about? And off we go. We start having a conversation about it. I uh, I have a couple of T-shirts I've, uh, that just say U equals U on them. And I've worn these things all over. And I was in Australia two years ago for the holidays. And I stopped in at a florist uh, to buy my grandmother's, who I hadn't seen for a year and a half, some flowers. I was going to visit them. Good favorite number one grandson went in mm-hmm. and the nice lady in the florist, she was packing up the flowers for me and she said, oh, what does your T-shirt mean? And I said, oh, you equals you. It, it stands for undetectable equals untransmittable, which means, and this woman would have been, I would have said maybe late 50s, Australian, married, grandchildren, who knows? Mm-hmm. And she thanked me profusely at the end. She said, I've never heard of that. And thank my gosh, I had no idea. Thank you for that. And I've had similar reactions all over the world. So if we can start a conversation that leads to somebody saying, my gosh, I didn't know that. And then they go home and say, did you know, by the way, did you know if you've got HIV and you take your medicine, you can't can't give it to people? I mean, this is the simplest messaging. You equals you. It couldn't be more cost effective for a marketing campaign. Uh All the letters. Um, Three letters. Oh, two letters and a symbol. Two letters and a symbol. But people don't know about it. And certainly people in parts of this country um, and in the Latinx community and black and brown communities, trans communities, they don't hear it. They don't always want to hear it from a white guy either because why would you? Um, But these are the simple things. So, yeah, we started the F stigma campaign through my my digital uh, lifestyle brand called Plus Life, which is all Mm -hmm. about turning positive into a plus and and living your best life. Um, and and we hope that, you know, people go, what does that mean? And then they have a conversation because knowledge is power. 
Well, I also think that a lot of people think that um, people are willfully uh, ignorant. And it's not the case. It's that it's not part of their lives where, you know, there are things that we take for granted because we're part of a community where these things are very prevalent. But my parents, my grandparents don't know any of this stuff. Right. Nor do they need to, but it's still knowledge. But it's also... But that's also part of the problem, Billy, because we think that we don't need to know about it. And mm-hmm. going back to your point earlier about, you know, people who are having sex with people that they don't know who they're having sex with. There are a lot of men in this country and around the world who mm-hmm. like to occasionally have sex with other men. They don't thank identify God. as gay or thank right. <laughs> but, but, but they do, but they're married and they have kids and they go home to that and, and their wives think, well, this would never, you know, or there are people who might IV drug users that we wouldn't right. know. Oh, well, they're an upstanding citizen. They work at the bank. They're, you know, you don't know what people are doing behind closed doors. And, and I think that this current pandemic we're living through has once again sort of highlighted that, especially when we talk about the masks and, and you hear people like Dr. Fauci saying, you know, just wear the mask because you don't know that the person standing in the grocery store next to you, what their situation has been. So if, if we can all well, do who they have things. Correct. And it's through no fault of their own, but you just no. don't know. No one, no one sets out to get COVID on purpose. And with the exception of a subgroup of people who have a weird fetish I don't quite understand, not many people set out to get sexual health, um, you know, infections either. So... Well, that's the thing, you know, I remember when um, the AIDS epidemic began and we started wearing condoms and people would want to have the conversations. And I always found the conversations were very awkward. I just always used a condom and it was just very, because I, and it's the same thing about a mask. If you can do something that protects you, then do it. If you can do something that protects people you love around you, do it. It's all very common sense to me. Yeah, of course it is. And like I said, we put the seatbelt on in the car. We stop at the stop sign. We don't, we we park, we sometimes, and most of the time we park where we're supposed to park because if we don't, we get a ticket and we do that. So I don't understand how difficult it is to do this, but there you go. Who who am I to say? How scary was it for you to come out? Because, you know, look, I knew the backlash I got, and this is when I was just in print, and it's people read it. You go into people's homes every day as a reporter, and all of a sudden they're now going to have in their head whatever picture they have when they get this information. That's got to be scary. Well, it certainly was. I mean, I kept it a a professional secret, let's put it that way, uh-huh. for 10 years. I mean, friends and family and people I got close to certainly knew. I didn't hide it in mm-hmm. that sense. But on the professional side, I did because I had a lot of well-meaning people say to me, oh, God, don't, no, you don't want it because you don't want to become known as the guy with AIDS um, on television. Was there and a downside? What, sorry? Was there a downside? Uh, if there was, I haven't been privy to it. Who knows what is said behind closed doors in conference rooms or situations that I may have missed out on? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I will say this, that certainly ABC uh, and the Walt Disney Company have been fantastic and, and very supportive. Um, and the feedback, 99% of the feedback 
from people has been great. And that's, of course, what's led us to go and start Plus Life as well, was the fact that you can get out there and live your life and, and show people. Because I get messages daily from people going, how do you do it? Or I'm so scared. or I'll lose everything. And I watch your programming because it really gives me strength. And that that is flattering, but it also is heartbreaking. Nobody should be made to, to stand in the shade uh, or in the rain and feel less than because they did something more often than not when we talk about sexual transmission that couldn't be more natural if you tried. Um, right. And then, you know, so uh, the downside, if there was one, I don't know. I will tell you this. It's some, it, it's flattering as it is to, to be sort of held up as a role model. Um, it's a, it's sort of a term I'm quite uncomfortable with because I, and I explain to people, look, I'm just somebody doing my thing. I am far from perfect. I have done a lot of stupid things in my life. I probably will continue to do stupid things I don't mean to do. Um, and, and we have a, we have a real culture, especially here of wanting to build people up and then one step out of line, pull them down. So I'm very quick to say, well, it's very nice that people say you're a hero. I, I don't really want to be and I you know, please don't hold me in that light because I'm sure it's only a matter of time before some person decides to send a put a picture out there or something of a moment oh, of sure. a lapse of good judgment of, you know, on my part, which there've been many. Um I really just do what I do and maybe that's why it resonates, because I am me and I am being honest about things. Um and I don't mind showing when I make mistakes. I think that's really human and important. I don't mind talking about the times when I am down or miserable. We, we spend a lot of time nowadays nowadays telling people to always look on the bright side, look on the bright side, be positive, be positive. It's exhausting. Yes, you should. It is exhausting. Some days you just want to sit on the floor and have a cry. Yeah. And that is okay. And you're allowed to get cross and you're allowed to get frustrated and you're allowed to be grumpy. And when people tell you that you shouldn't be because look at how great your life is, I mean, they're, mean, they're very well-meaning. But if you don't have those days, how do you then, you know, get the courage? Enjoy the good. Enjoy the good days, exactly. You know, uh, a couple people are posting. One person said, well, it helps that he's gorgeous. Who do you want to get news from, Wolf Blitzer or Carol? Well, that's true. You yeah. know, not for nothing. If you have Wolf Blitzer saying I'm HIV positive, you're like, Wolf, come on. Well, you I'll tell you what a very positive because you also have a good attitude about it. You're very likable and you're very good looking. And also, if Wolf Blitz is saying I've got health news, you're gonna be hearing him say that for about 45 minutes on loop and then never give you the news. That's all he does on his show. <laughs> I love him sure. on CNN, but it's breaking news constantly with Wolf Blitzer, who's yeah. repeating everything that happened on the show before. That's true. And you know, if but Wolf Blitzer has a health issue, it's probably somewhere else yeah um and jerome cleary i think he may be perfect well carl i think you very well may be perfect how did you get no, here? i'm not how, how did well, i get yeah oh now now yeah how did you get to the u.s on abc i obviously i look back i saw you done things on logo and i saw you've done things on other stations but how did you get breaking i have a funny US? i have a funny story to say quickly about logo i was yes. hearing you talk about logo before my a uh, business partner who started Plus Life with me was probably the person who didn't give you a logo shot. Thanks. Just saying. But so it comes full circle. I got, I moved here from London. I was diagnosed in London, but my then boyfriend, when this all happened, was living, had, had moved to Los Angeles. Uh, and and so I thought- Do we well, not like him? 
No, we do like him. We're, we're, oh, okay, we're, we're That's it took, nice to hear. It took a while. It, well, we had a period where we didn't talk for a while, but we're good friends again now, which is nice. But no, I moved partly because of that. And then also I had sort of given up being in front of the camera when I was in the UK. And when the HIV diagnosis came, and I've said this before, in a lot of ways, it kind of saves my life. It, it refocused things. And I had been a TV presenter for a number of years in New Zealand and on the air in Australia, um, but I'd stopped in London. And, and I, I sort of thought to myself, well, maybe I could do this again, and maybe I should try it because I don't want to be the old man who looks over his shoulder and says, I wonder what would have happened. So that was the other driving force that brought me here. Uh, and I, you know, that was 13 years ago, uh, 13 years ago, two days ago. So. And when did you get to ABC seven? I got to ABC seven. I want to say about six or seven years ago when on the red carpet was a, uh, a weekly. Which I program. love you. I must say, and it was on mostly Saturday, Saturday nights. What it used to be Saturday nights and then it yeah. was syndicated around the country. Uh, and now it's, sort of back on the red carpet, the brand is back and is really the entertainment mouthpiece for the Walt Disney Company. So we'll OTRC. be seeing more, more on the red carpet or OTRC uh, with myself and George Pinocchio, who's our oh, entertainment guru and God here. Yeah, me too. Um, the, it, there's more OTRC coming everyone's way and not just in LA or but around the country too. Yeah, I have, I have met you and watched you in action on the red carpet. And what I like is that you are, you are not pretentious and you're not trying for the gotcha moment. You seem to want a connection, even if it's fleeting and you actually listen, your follow-ups are really good because a lot of people have their questions and they're like, okay, you just talked about your dead dog. So how's your mother? You know, it's like, Right. Well, I, I was taught by some very impressive people in the industry that the number one thing to do uh, if you're in our job is to listen. And so that's it. Also, I don't I don't care about the size of the engagement ring or the name of the guy you had an affair with. I'm oh, there I to like, talk I about, care about that. Yeah, you see, and that's good. And there are a lot of people, but that's not that's not my thing. I'm there to promote or talk about what it is that you're proud of in your piece of work. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of a little different as well in the sense, I don't need to get through a hundred questions for two answers about the size of the ring. I wanna hear what we're, where they're talking about. Well, we know you have to go. I wanna bring Quesadilla back in. Hello, Quesadilla. Hi, yeah, I, do, I do have to go, but I wanna say, Quesadilla, you did a fantastic job at the best in drag, uh, oh, last, great whatever there. it was at the Pasadena uh, Rose Bowl. I was there in my car and you were fantastic and, and congratulations. Uh, I just wish I had a time, uh, some time to nibble your cookies. But that's oh, wow. Thank you, you can nibble my cookies. See, he said it to hit you and not me. That's all right, fine. All well, right. You, you know what, Billy, you started off on a bad note with those hairy balls. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry, but there are the blue balls too, so. Yeah, well, a tidy home's a happy home. <laughs> Carl, it's lovely to have you here. Uh, tell people where they can get more information about the campaign. Yeah, well, follow us on social media at Plus Life Media, at Plus Life Media. Also, the website, pluslifemedia.com. You can pick up these and uh, with uh, profits are going to Amphar. So we are selling these on pluslifemedia.com and uh, profits going to Amphar and follow us across social media too. Billy, thank you so much for having me on and Quesadilla, congratulations on your uh, on your peanut butter cookies. I, I can't wait to try them one day. <laughs> I'm about to have my son try it. Bye, Carl. Thank <laughs> you for coming. Bye. Bye.
Oh, isn't he a delight, Quesadilla? He didn't he host uh, the Gay Pride on ABC last year? Gay he Pride. was one of the posts. They, they had like three. Yep, he was one of them. I remember him from that. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> very cute. He's a kitty. Okay, let me see your cookies. You want to see my cookies? I do want to see your cookies. Yeah, I didn't know we were that far into our relationship, but okay. That's all right. Okay, so check this out. So again, three ingredients, sugar, egg, peanut butter. That's it. That's it. And then what you do is you put them down because uh, they don't, because there's no flour, so they're not going to drop it to like a cookie shape. But what I love about this, especially here, I'm going to push these down. Yeah, bring it down. Silicone. Look, you don't have to use oil or anything. Oh, they you like just peel it off. Mmm. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now if people want to see Kay make the entire recipe, it is on Facebook because I saw that show. I did it a, a week ago, right? Two weeks ago? Yep. Yeah, a oh. week or two. It was right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And um and again they should watch the one with the bowl with the uh with the bowl with the rice with the chicken with the fajitas the stacker that was you know I had never seen something so simple in my life and then you just microwaved it yeah and you're not cooking from the microwave it's the pressure that it puts in this container that creates the steam and the so heat. it's like a steamer right it's something like that but it's healthy cooking too because you don't have to use all the oils and all the um. I mean, all the stuff that makes things taste good, <laughs> but I know, still good. But you and know, also you put in a lot of lime, you put in a lot of flavors, you put in some jalapeno, cheese, and all of that, and you literally can stack a three to four course meal, even dessert on the top, in the microwave 20, 25 minutes, and it's and it's and it's um and it's good to go. I always tell people if, if you purchased it from my website, yeah. let me know, and I will send you a recipe book where literally you can uh, layer it and and decide, okay, what fits in the top one, what fits in the middle one. And it doesn't even have to be things that go together, but you can lay layer and stack three to four course meal in a matter of 25 minutes. I just, you know, that I had never seen anything like it before. The other thing that you had, which I know is sold out, so I shouldn't even bring it up, but it was the lemon and lime zester and squeezer combination. You know what? Let me tell you something. I have that looked unbelievable. I love anything. Anybody who knows me, like I love a lot of citrus in my yep. um in my sauce. Oh, I know. Anything like that. But this is the lemon lime squeeze. Uh, it's called the zest impress. Zest impress. But you got it. This isn't available right now. We're having an issue with you oh, know, no. issues with metal, but there's a zester that sits right up on top of your lemon lime squeezer. Now, this is mm -hmm. usually a wasted space. Right. Set that right on top. You zest your lemon lime and it catches it for you. And that's a quarter cup right there. And then, of course, then you just flip it. I know it's fabulous. I wish I could order these for you guys right now. I know that was the thing when I saw that. I've never seen anything like it in my life. There's lots of little gadgets. What are the gadgets that you love? Oh, my favorite, and you mentioned it earlier. Oh, right the proper. Oh, I didn't see the big one. Yeah, it had a, it had it birthed a, ch a cheering, okay. But check this out. This is called the the Power Chef system. You okay. put it in here and it's chopped finely in about four to five seconds. Look, and it's not electricity. You and you're getting a little workout. And I always tell people, if, especially for campers, this is perfect to take camping with you because it oh. doesn't require electricity. 
No, I mean, these are so clear. And also, they really look nice. They do look nice. And you know, that's the thing. Tupperware has a whole uh, engineering team that creates all this stuff. They've won awards for some of their innovative products. And I believe this was one of them. But we've got steamers. We've got, um, like, the stack cooker is amazing because that it's... That is unbelievable. That's my favorite. Now, I want to get that because you were making beans in one, rice in the other, chicken and fajitas. Yeah. And I've even made a, there was like an enchilada casserole that I made in there as well. So I didn't see that one. All of that and put dessert on the top. I made a, a raspberry lemon cake. Oh my God. I'm in love with this stuff. And it looks like when you do the show, it looks like Tupperware has taken over your kitchen. Oh, it has. My entire oh. All my cupboards, everything is full of Tupperware. Oh, yeah, but you know what? When you just open that, it doesn't look like it takes it up that much. Like, you're able to put it on top of each other. It fits well, together. It's modular, so it fits inside of each other or it stacks. Okay. Like, I'll tell you, this is called yeah. the compression ball set, and it's yeah. not inside of each other, so it's easy. Oh, well, they do fit. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Russian doll minus the Russian yeah. okay. <laughs> So that. you have nesting Tupperwares. Look at that. Easy for storage. They're all rested in, inside of each other. Oh, that's so it doesn't take up. That's what I was thinking is that it really looked like it took up your whole kitchen. You know, it can. It depends if you're smart about when you how you put it away. If you, It's designed to make life easier for you because this isn't disposable plastic. This no. is eco-friendly because you're reusing the product. Do any how how durable do you find the products? Well, you know what, it is durable, and not only that, it has a lifetime guarantee. So literally, oh, I didn't know that. literally, if you bought it in nineteen forty six when you were a little children, oh, <laughs> how old do you think I am? You're what, 15, 20? God love you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> but if you bought it in nineteen forty six and it broke today, you could get it replaced for free. Uh, you would just pay a shipping cost, or if you were making a purchase, you would just add it onto your order. But, but lifetime guarantee, and if it's not available anymore, we'll give you credit towards something else. So never throw away your Tupperware. You could always get it replaced. Or really, I didn't know that. And do they do they discontinue products and bring in new products all the time? Often, and they also change colors. Um, product completely. <laughs> but yes, we definitely um or re or redesign items. Like this is our um our peelers. Yeah, now, uh, used to be uh, vertical, only, a vertical or horizontal, horizontal. But now you could do either one with a Julian peeler. Oh, I would prefer that. That looks like it would be much easier. That has a stitches peeler, right? On oh, the look at that. And of course, if you ever have that bad part of the potato, and these are sold in a set of two. Not only that, you see all the little, you see my hole? You see my hole? Yeah, I see. Yep, I see your hole. That's a That's small hole. It's a small hole, but it's an herb uh, stripper. So you put the herb through there and just pull it through and it strips all your herbs. Well, how often are you stripping herbs? All the time, because I'm a health nut. Oh my God, really? No, I'm not even. Are you ever just going to Chipotle and buying something? Um, You know what, I'll be honest with you, during this pandemic, we have cooked so much more. And I'm not yeah. kidding, I gained probably 10, 15 pounds, but um, that's no, why the moon needs to come back. The moon needs to come back. Well, we've cooked so much, and I was never much of a cook. I had like three things that I would just rotate to, and my husband was like, okay, this again? Yeah. <laughs> but now, I started I started following recipes, a lot of the top four recipes that we have on our blog. 
So it's really nice. What has been the biggest disaster recipe that you tried to make and it didn't work? Okay, the first time I did my live cooking show, yeah. I didn't do it first. Because now what I try to do is if it's simple enough, I'll do it live on, on the air. But uh -huh. been, uh, the first time I did it, I made this whole intricate pasta dish with a butter uh, sage sauce and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. I did not do any of it first. And oh, I yeah. Uh, we have a pasta microwave maker, which is so fabulous to use because you literally, instead of having to babysit your stove with the pasta, you literally fill it with the water, drop your pasta in, stick it in the microwave. Not only that, it. it's your own strainer, but the first time I did it, I didn't put enough water. Oh, and the no. pasta was literally, it absorbed any of the water that was in there and it was not ready. And I was like, um, so then I had to put it back in. I tried making my sauce, and then I was confusing myself in the recipe. So I ended up just stopping halfway through. <laughs> Forget this. Well, when I saw you making the stacker bowl, you mm. were saying, oh, you know, I probably should put more water in this, but I'm going to try it this way. So you do experiment. I try. I try. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a great follower recipe cook, <laughs> but All I'm right. not a cook on my own. All right. Well, at least it worked. How did you get started doing drag? So uh, Carl mentioned uh, Best in Drag Show. Yes. So back in the day, that pageant used to be called uh, Battle for the Tiara. Battle for the Tiara. I remember it well. Remember Big, it well. A huge fundraiser for, oh, was it was it Aid for Aids? It was for Aid for Aids. Yeah. And then what happened was um, Alexis Pittman, who created that show along with Patrick Rush and a few other people, passed away from um, from um, complications from AIDS. And then they just decided, you know what, this pageant needs to go to bed with with Alexis. So they decided uh -huh. to stop. So some sub people that were involved with the pageant came in and said, hey, we'll take over. We'll do, the, we'll do a different pageant. So they created like a Miss Universe pageant, which was called Quest for the Crown. Lasted three years. They could not get the, um, they couldn't get it right. Um, really? Yeah, because you know what, it was, the people that came in with the, and, God love them. Everybody had their own um, reasons for doing it, but there's something about the group of men that did battle for the terror that came from a place of service. Right. And, you know, other people came in and they tried, but it just it wasn't the same show. So after three years, they decided, okay, this isn't working. We're losing money every time we do it. Hmm. So then, eight for eight approached the guys that were involved with battle for the tiara and said, hey, what would it take to get you guys back into? We'll produce the show. You guys just, you know bring your love and magic to this. Right. That's what happened uh, by oh, wow. 2000, I want to say four or five, somewhere okay. along. I'm not exactly sure. So they came back in and created Best in Drag Show, and it's the show you see now, and it's just, again, it's full of love and service. Oh, and not only that, there it's the people are so talented. You have people who can who are really serious, then you have people who are funny, you have people, it's just everybody, everything you can imagine. And you know the funny thing is it's very um what I love about it is that people who've never done myself included, the first time I did the pageant, I had never been in drag or in front of that. So many how do you never do drag before and you start out in the biggest pageant in the world? Well, first off, anybody who knows me, anybody who follows me knows that I'm the biggest Miss Universe fanatic. Yes. I love beauty pageants. I started following them when I was 14 years old and became obsessed. What I is your favorite talent that somebody does? Because if somebody comes out with puppets, yeah. I'm in. I oh. love a puppet. Well, the, Miss Universe, the real Miss Universe organization doesn't have a talent competition, but in the, yeah. in the 
Drip pageant, uh, there was a, a queen named Ivy um, Ivy Drip. Oh. <laughs> she did this whole cancer uh, character. It was so inappropriate and wrong, but perfect. It was hysterical. We made many... Um, we made many jokes, okay? But um, I, anyway, when the pageant, after I committed in the pageant, I came back as a commentator the 10th year into uh, uh, Best in Drag Show. They called me uh -huh. into commentator. I did that for six years. And then after six years, Patrick Rush decided uh, he was done and just wanted to step away. So they asked me to host. So I hosted it for two years on my own. And then this year, Patrick Rush came back in and we hosted it together. Oh, great. Um, yeah, but it's- Do you like hosting? Yes and no. I'll okay. tell you, it's funny because I just heard someone have this conversation recently because even though I used to do my one-woman show called Taco Kisses, <laughs> I did my Christmas show, Feliz Navidiva. <laughs> doing a show solo is like it's like walking a tightrope. Oh, almost, yeah. It's like you're in a panic the entire time until it's over. Yeah. And, and even afterwards. And even afterwards. But sometimes <laughs> my nerves just got the best of me while I'm doing stuff like that. However, best in drag show. The first time I hosted it, it I was, I was on adrenaline and excitement that first time. Oh, wow. And until afterwards, I realized how much fun I actually had. But I really flushed out a script for myself. I bantered with people. We were reading off donations. I had a hard time reading a lot of these names. It was like Popowskis and stuff like that that were making but donations. You're so quick and you're so funny. And if people watch your cooking show, you were on literally live with Mike for like an hour and a half. And you just talk and you answer questions and you're so funny and fast. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's funny though because. It's not. It's funny that you say that because I realize I have something. Something comes through me. I enjoy performing. It's not how I see myself, though. So that's why when I hear other people, how do talk, you see yourself? You know, it's funny because I think I grew into this because when it first started, I was like, "Who am I kidding? Are they going to figure that I'm a big fraud?" And then after time, something started to happen where I just became a spiritual connection to what I was doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's funny. RuPaul always talks about the spirituality of what she does in drag. And for me, this was an armor that became, um, it was complete armor. I was afraid of my own life. So this was a way for me to hide and express myself without, um, without, without exposing myself because I was hiding behind this mask. And then after time, something started to happen where it's like I caught up to myself. Mm -hmm. It just became an extension of that. I can talk to people the same way that I can talk to people out of drag now. I was going to say that the best people who are on a sitcom or a drama show or a soap opera, usually the writers are as close to who the person is in real life because then it's more natural. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly that's been the case for me. And now it's just sometimes my husband will come out here and I'm doing my show and I'm doing my thing. He's all, how come you're not doing the accent? I'm all, I guess I thought <laughs> I was doing the <laughs> He's all you sound like yourself when you talk as Casey. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. but obviously, when we do a show, we we everything is brought up higher. It's a heightened version of ourselves. And the the funny thing is, is because when I do my Christmas shows, and I've done a couple other shows as well, where I do monologues as my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, because my mom was my one of my most difficult relationships growing up. Was my most difficult relationship growing up. And I was through kind of putting an artistic lens through uh, her perspective on 
the way she viewed things because she was so she was an immigrant and she was ignorant at the same time and she remained that way till the day she died and um if i was able to put a comedic twist on kind of the way she looked at things because she just never really quite understood um life on life's terms i guess she always able everything was always being done to her or wasn't done enough for her it was kind of that I started doing a show about all of the way she would talk to me as a child. I was like, I can imagine talking to my kid that way now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, I've seen your show. And what I love is you tell these stories with such affection and you put so much humor into her. Did you see her? Did you appreciate that she was funny while she was alive? I did not. Yeah. There was so much pain between my mother and I. And I think... um. Well, I started getting a little more compassion for her when I started performing these monologues as her because she I was started doing them before she passed away. Oh wow. Passed, Did hey, she ever see them? No. She could not because I think um so much of who I was uh, as a gay man and as uh what I had become, she blamed herself for. It. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't be blaming yourself for this because this has become um this popular become and wonderful. Yeah, and I and I and I, so it you bring people so much pleasure. You really do. First off, because visually you're so striking, and then your heart and your personality shine through. That I, you know, when people meet you, even if they don't know who you are or haven't seen the full show, they immediately are drawn to you for some reason. Because I've been in crowds with you, and people who say they come up to you and say, "Who are you?" Like, nobody does that. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, because I think there's something about this character that so many people can relate to. Because I guess when I created the character, when I did the pageant, the idea was that she was the biggest thing in Tijuana, and she took that everywhere she went without <laughs> apologizing. Because that was my mom. My mom would go to the grocery store, uh, you know, with hair and makeup from the party the night before. She would have like a golden made blouse, green sweat shorts, and like these jelly uh, uh, slippers, uh, sandals with socks. With and socks. I'm, Mom, do not go out in public like that, please. She's like, no me importa, I don't care. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. But she was unapologetic about her ignorance. <laughs> you know what I mean? But isn't it nice and refreshing when somebody sort of owns who they are, wherever they are, they just, they, they have this confidence of this is who I am. It can be, it can be, especially, <laughs> well, especially if you get to a place where it comes from, um, because my mother was, my mother was a very, um, she was a very, uh, what's the word? Um, complicated woman, you know, yeah. and you know, we, I tried to have a relationship with her as much as I could, but it was not funny. I didn't think I was going to start talking so deep about my mom. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, okay, but she, um, we, we had a complicated relationship. In fact, the final, she had a stroke when my son was two months old. And um, part of me just knew this was probably going to be her final year. And I made an effort to just make a connection with her during that time. I kept visiting her like a couple times a, a once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. I kept my son, I did many pictures of my son laying in her bed with her just because I knew, but I had such a, um, a disconnect from her being my mother. Oh, that, really? Yeah, I did, because she was just a very difficult woman to love. She did not make it easy. And, you know, I wanted to heal that relationship. In fact, when my mother passed, I was so good with my dad. I loved my dad. Mm -hmm. And 
just the kindest, sweetest, docile man. And he died. I was very heartbroken and sad. But I was I never cried like I did when my mother died. I think because there was so much that didn't get healed between her right. and her. Yeah. But did she accept your son and your husband? Well, it's funny because she uh, she did her best. She did her yeah. best. I never spoke of stuff like that because once I told him I was gay when I was 21, the first time, um, <laughs> she she had a she had a meltdown. She cried. She says, God's punishing me because I was such a horrible mother. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. I guess I'm your punishment. <laughs> and then she, it was all that, all that. And then we never spoke of it again. My father would talk to me about it. He would meet my friends. He met Darren before he passed away. And then uh -huh. um, I invited my mother to the wedding. She said no. And she, oh, I'm still waiting for you to find the right woman. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> good luck. And I am the right woman. It's fine. I found myself. I found her. <laughs> But then, How uh, much of Kay is like your mother? Oh, almost 100%. Really? So wow. you've used it, again, for a really positive way. You've almost reinvented your mother into somebody that brings joy to people. I, it's, it's funny. It's the thing that's healed me the most about my mother. Because, I bet. Well, this character to me represents such a... Um, you know, my mother was a hopeless romantic. She was self-centered beyond, but she was the life of the party. Uh -huh. And... Um, she lived in her ignorance and thought it was facts. It was truth. Wow. <laughs> she would say things to me like, she's like, come in here. Come in here. And I say, mom, it's come here. For me, it's coming here. Come in here. <laughs> so she would add ING to stuff. And I'm like, that's not how you say Everything. it. Everything. Well, but she also, that's who she was. <gasps> oh, my God. So we have we have so many people who are uh, writing to us. Rhea just wrote, oh, my God, I love Quesadilla. Hey, Rhea, we all love you. Oh, my Joshy, I love you so much. Uh, BMBV. Now, I don't know BMBV. I know BMBV. She's a, I love her. She. I am on the phone with her often because she's ordered some Tupperware for me. <laughs> oh, all right. All right, BMB. Is BMB a hostess, too? I want her to be Bambi. You have to host a, a Tupperware Fiesta on a virtual one because that's all I'm doing these days is virtual Tupperware. That's it. That's all. Oh, my God. So, people – oh, and, and Anna wrote, K is the best. Well, there you go. Do, do you know Anna, too? You know, know everybody. These are all my regular customers. That, uh, They're all tuning in. When is your next show? So, do you do it Saturday? Is it Saturday nights? I do Tuesdays. I try to do Tuesdays. I didn't do this Tuesday because I didn't have a host. Oh. Uh, I try to go, if I can get hostesses, I try to have multiple hostesses on Tuesday nights and I'll go live. Plus, I'll do private Zoom parties if people want to book me for them for their tough work. Oh, good. Oh, and Amy, Amy just said hi, Kay. Hi, Amy. God, they're all coming out of the woodwork. It's there. funny because a lot of the people that follow me on my Facebook or through my Tupperware parties are, are regular soccer moms. Or just women <sighs> are just women All right. Now, this is very exciting, Kay. Raya just said, oh, my God, I want to do one. Yay! Let's do one. Okay. You and Raya together would be outrageous. I'd even come in for that one. Okay. Let's do it, Raya. Let's do it. Rhea, we're going to hold you to that. You know, we're going to have it. We'll do another show, uh, like in a month or so, and the three of us will do it, and we'll see what you've learned. Okay. All right. All right. You got to get in touch with each other. Now, what about, um? I would think that because of the pandemic, Tupperware, this is something that is still booming, that you can still be doing work. You can still show things off. You can ship things direct to people. 
Well, here's the thing. When it first hit, I thought, oh, that's it. My business is done because 20 Really? Yeah, I thought at the beginning. But then quickly, I started seeing a lot of my colleagues go online doing virtual parties. I'm like, okay, well, let me let me go for it. And I had at that point, I had done virtual parties sporadically, but it was never anything consistent. So then I started doing it regularly, and then people started wanting to host. And then probably the first three to four months, I had sold Tupperware like I had not sold in years. Okay. $20,000, worth of Tupperware on my team, not just myself. And then- yeah, now how does it work? So it's a multi-level marketing company. People can come in, they become a consultant. I train, I'll train them. I'm doing all my training uh, virtually right now. Right. And eventually they get a kit to get them started when they, when they, when they buy into their Tupperware. So is it kind of like Mary Kay? Cause we all yeah. know that, that like you have a mentor who sets you up and they help you, but they work under you. Yeah. In fact, have you ever met DWI? Yeah. DWI, she and I used to be the uh, color commentators together at Best in Drag yep. Show. She's on my team. She moved to Ohio and she has a huge team out there. And um, yeah, and so is she still under you? How does that work? Oh, so it's like it's like a little pyramid scheme kind of. Well, people call it a pyramid. It's multi- I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that, but. Because the, the pyramid scheme, there's someone that always gets screwed at the bottom. Nobody gets screwed here as long as you do the work. I want to get screwed. No. Don't um, okay. Victor Perez said, I just got some really cool stuff from Tupperware. Oh, look, I had a Tupperware party with Kay. I can't say last yeah. Saturday, and it was the best. We had a Zoom party with his family. It was so much fun because a lot of his family was up in Palmdale, and I kept teasing them that they all live in the ghetto. I guess they... <laughs> Lancaster or something like that. But he hosted, in fact, he just, we closed out his party last night. He earned probably about $200 or a hundred and something dollars worth of free Tupperware. See, look at that. You're having a good time. You're spending time with your friends, which we're all sitting home. We have nothing else to do. You're getting some good products. You're learning how to cook with somebody who barely knows how to cook herself. But we're, all, we're laughing together. I think it's great. The great thing about hosting from home is that you don't have to take a shower. You don't have to clean your house. See, well, that's how I've been doing this whole show. Look, I got my balls behind me. Um, <laughs> Um, so what do you, what is your next show? When is your next show? Next Tuesday? So, I'm glad you asked. So next Thursday night, I'm actually going to do my Thursday. So a week from tonight. No, no, no. I'm going to do my live Tupperware show on Tuesday, but next Thursday I'm doing my Feliz Diva show. Oh my God. Want to hear a preview of my song? My, my I do. Are you kidding? Of course I do. This is how I like to open my show. Jose the gardener is the one who trims my bush. With his 10-inch pipe and his rubber hose, gosh, I hope he spanks my tush. Jose the gardener was pulled over one day with no green card and no documents. La migra made him go away. There must have been some magic in the gardener's box of tools. Forever since he went away, my garden never grew. <laughs> So next Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific time, I'm doing my Christmas show, Feliz Navidiva. My husband's going to come in and sing a couple Christmas country songs. Oh, wow. No. And, of course, your son, who's so cute. God, he is so adorable. Thank you. You know, what I love is that you really, you you 
seem to be raising him with such love and acceptance. He's been sort of exposed to so many different people from a very young age. He doesn't bat an eye about any of it. Well, the funny thing is, I always joke that he, because um, he's not afraid of any of like the big characters at, at any of the music parts. He's not afraid of um, clowns. <laughs> but more importantly, <laughs> he's either just going to embrace everybody or have a piñata fetish when he grows up. I'm just <laughs> Does he ask like any odd questions? Does any of it confuse him? Not yet. He knows it's me. He talks to me all the time. You see him popping on my videos. It doesn't phase him because it's it's his normal. I'm sure at some it's point his life, right? Yeah, at some point I'm sure he's gonna start asking like, well, why are you dressed like that? <laughs> What's going on? But do, um, do you show up like that around his friends? Like, how are his friends? No, I mean the funny thing is he goes to a he goes to a very progressive daycare. Uh, school. Oh yeah. Yeah, which luckily, because it falls under the daycare clause, he was still able to stay open. So we still take yeah. him. Um, here's the thing. I'm in, I'm the head of the fundraising committee at the school. Everybody yeah. knows. Oh, I bet you're great at that. Oh, my God. I have so much fun. But we have become friends with some of the parents. And it's just been great because, you know, we um, it's one of those things where because my husband wants to move like out of state. And I'm like, you know what? We might not get the same bubble that we have here where we're just, where it's not, people don't bat an eye as to who we are, you know? But yeah, I, um, I think that's, you know, again, I think that the more kids are exposed to from a young age, the less they're afraid, the more accepting they are. There's not prejudice there. I mean, there's still going to be issues. Nothing's ever perfect. He may end up, but like you said, uh, and uh, Raya just put it, he could grow up to have a piñata fetish. Right? He might. (laughs) His mom's a walking, talking piñata. I just, you know, is your life, you seem to me to have a very happy life. Is it as happy as I think? You know what? Here's the thing. I'm human. Yeah. I've had my issues. I'm in recovery 26 years. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so a lot of it stems from that. And for me, there's a balance. If I'm balanced, if things are, if I keep everything in balance, yep. good. When things aren't balanced in my life and I go crazy or I'm, obsessive on one thing or the other, then it's crazy. Like for me, it's a work home life balance that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Are they perfect? No, no relationship, no householdies, but we are solid in our love. We're solid in our communication that we work on, on a mm-hmm. daily basis. We, you know, we talk to someone every Thursday and uh, this morning was one of our sessions and we're not, yeah. Ashamed. yeah, we're not ashamed of it because for us, we struggled with communication, and now it's it's about learning to heal together as a relationship, as opposed to seeing the other as the enemy. But yeah, and not to mention everything I mentioned about my mom that fucked me up in one way or another. So, well, you know. I think that you know, I I um I have a relative who went through therapy. I just talked about this with Sam Harris on Tuesday. And this person went through therapy and got out a lot of their emotional issues with us with their mother, and then. I said, okay, well, good. Now you've recognized it, but now it's your problem. What are you going to do about it? Because when you hold on to that, and I know people who they get to that point, but they can't go any further. So the fact that you have now channeled it into your work and incorporated it into your life and have sort of come to peace with that, I think is so beautiful. But you know, not only that, the best advice I could ever give anyone is the freedom in any of your problems comes from personal responsibility. I take responsibility for the things I say, for the things that I do, and the way that I hurt other people if I do. 
that has been my biggest freedom because whenever I think my problems are of your doing, I have to wait for you to change for me to feel better. Right. right? So that has been the biggest lesson that I've learned as an adult and through most of my recovery is when I take responsibility for my for myself, clean my side of the street, things are better. Things are easier. And there's such a freedom in that. What about the people who are either passed away or no longer in your life? How do you then get past that? Well, that might be how with the dog. The dogs. Um, well, you know, for there's uh, something you can call something that I try to do is make a living amends. So, oh. I try not to repeat because one thing that I realized that the reason I had such an issue with my mother is there was so much of her that was in me. Hey, you want to say hi? Oh, let me see. Hi, sweetie. Oh, the peanut butter cookies. You love those, huh? The cookie. Can you say hi, Billy? Say hi, Billy. Look, he's wearing his coat. Ah, he's not interested. Say hello. No, he's out. No, he's out. He just wanted the cookies. That's all right. He came for the cookies. I know. Um, Look, we all want your cookies. But there's something I do that's called a living amends, that I try to live my life treating people. Come say hi. I just want a cookie, too. He just wants a cookie, too. Say hello. That's all right. We know. Hey, how are you? Hi. Good to see you. <laughs> Enjoy your cookies. I know. See, yeah, this God. is the good side. You get to eat the samples. It's fine. Tell me about you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I try to make a living amends. I try to live my life the way that I would want to be. Um, I try to treat people the way that I want to be treated. You know, right. and I, I, always, I sometimes fall short, <clears throat> but I try. And that's what I mean by taking responsibility. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means that when you do screw up. Take responsibility for it. Well, it also balances out. You know, there are times that we're crappy to people and we don't mean it. Sometimes we do mean it. And then there are times that we're good and you just have to acknowledge both. I have to say, um, I haven't said this in a long time, but about two years ago um, on The View, Sonny Hostin had said something, which, and, and then I talked to her about it when I saw her. She said she tries to do something good for a stranger every day wow and, and it's just you know when you you think that's going to be hard but you're just walking down the street and you open a door for somebody yeah. or you let somebody go because they need to cross the street or get past the light or whatever and we're always in a rush and we say you know what it, it took five seconds for me to let somebody do what they needed to do yeah and it makes a difference. It really does. You feel good about yourself, and you feel maybe that person will do something nice for somebody ah, else. You meet Sunny? Where did you meet her? Um, we met. So the Go Go's had a musical on Broadway called Head Over Heels, which our friend Peppermint was in. And so Sunny was there the opening night. And we have mutual friends. And I told her, I said, you know, you said something that I have held on to and changed my life. She started crying because she said, you know, somebody said it to me and wow. they changed my life. And she's like, and maybe by you telling somebody else, it will change their life. And I realized, you know, these little bits of advice that we all share, they're powerful. It's, you never know how you're going to affect people. Because, you know, I love that show. You know who I love on that show is uh, Sarah Haynes. Oh, Sarah is the best. And she I, has a gay brother who I think I think I should date him. You probably should. But and I don't even know what he looks like. But if she could be my sister-in-law, I would be very happy. Perfect. And I think he's married, but... <laughs> 
That's okay. That's not my problem. I can be the mistress. That's okay. You know, he might want to be married to Carl Schmidt. You know, those cute guys, they all find each other. It's right? Funny. I know. Okay, I love you. Show me the cookies again. How many of you eat? What's left? Oh, there's only there's still quite a few left. I haven't. Oh them. my god, those look so good. So I'm gonna make those tonight. I'm gonna send you a picture. Please send me a picture. And if anybody else is gonna make them, send me a picture of yours. How long do I have to cook them? Eight minutes. Eight minutes. That's it. <laughs> and why do we have to put the fork on top? That's always on peanut butter cookies. Why? Have to. It's a way to flatten them out. Now, what if I didn't flatten them? They're going to flatten anyway, right? No, because I told you there's no flour. There's no flour. So I could have it like a little ball. You could. Oh, I would like some peanut I don't know how. Are you going to have to cook it longer than eight minutes? Because I don't know if the dough would get cooked in the center. Oh, because it's going to be thicker, right? Yeah. Oh, see, now you've got me concerned. Maybe. What about if I put a Hershey's Kiss in the middle? You can do that. Wouldn't that be delicious? You can also sprinkle a little bit of sugar on the top of the cookies before they go in the oven. Oh, uh, look at that. Look, Robert L. just told us. Quesadilla hosted my Castle Green Cinco de Mayo party. She got lost trying to find it. It's on YouTube. I made a whole video about it. It was so funny. <laughs> what was this What was this party? So, single, he lives in that green castle that's in Pasadena. Have you ever been oh, there? Yes, yes, yes. I he lives in there. And he had me come over for a Cinco de Mayo party I hosted. But I, I couldn't find the entrance. So I was circling the entire castle. And I'm like, I'm singing, in the mad of darkness, in the black of night. <laughs> and I'm literally talking to strangers, videoing myself, trying to get in there. I was live on Facebook. That was like four or five oh years. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, my God. Okay. What I'm going to do is when I post it, I mean, this people have been watching live. And this is live. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. We will put all of your information. I see you've got it right under your name. Quesadilla One. And if people want to Venmo you. Venmo. My name. Quesadilla. Just my name. At Quesadilla. Okay. Okay, because I love that, you know, it's funny because so many people put that stuff up there and I'm like, you know, you guys are working hard. I mean, you know, I'm working hard too, but you know, right. I'm just sitting here. I didn't even get any damn cookies. I have to go make my own cookies. <laughs> but you know, I put my Venmo account up because oftentimes people will tune into my Tupperware show and don't need Tupperware. And I'll say, hey, if you guys want to send me some love. At the end you of the day, I, tip. I still work for tips. Well, the thing is, look, we're all bar performers. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, you give people, as I said, I was watching and when you started mentioning me and I said, oh, I felt like I was there with you. It just made <laughs> me so happy. And then when you were trying the jalapeno and taking the membrane out, because the membrane is where you get the heat. Yeah, that's what I you want. I did not know that. I didn't read it until I saw the recipe that I followed. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best part when you were putting the red pepper in, you said, I don't even like the red pepper. I just put it in for color. You put color, right? <laughs> okay, uh, I love you. I love having you on. I'm so glad that I texted and that we just made this happen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you, Billy, at any time. And next week on Tuesday, you'll be live. And then Thursday, Feliz Navidiva. Feliz Navidad, the, the, they're both live on my Facebook, and I'm going to try to go live on Instagram as well for the Feliz Diva show because it's not always easy to get my little, my little yeah. head in there. I know, no, but it's great, and I just love you. Thank you so much for being here. Happy holidays. I love you, Billy. Thank you. Merry Christmas and happy Chanukah.
Bali, Bali. What? Happy Kwanzaa, too. Oh, and happy Kwanzaa. That's right. And happy Chinooka. Exactly. Bye, honey. Oh, guys, thank you for watching Billy Masters Live. I, of course, have been Billy Masters. We're coming to you from the Florida Beach House with my... Oh, hold on. Let me show you again. So I got to tell you, I didn't tell you this. When I got when I went to Out of the Closet and I got this lighthouse, I recognized the guy from clubs. And he recognized me because, you know, I'm very well known. And I put my credit card in the machine for $3.99. But it was a credit only line. And I said, it says approved. He's like, okay, you can pull it out. He said, oh, it's been a long time since I've had to say pull it out to anybody. And I said, you and me both. Anyway, that is our little, from that, to my blue balls that Kyle Schmidt doesn't like. He doesn't like my blue. Well, I think it was the hairy balls that scared him. I don't think the blue balls bothered him. Anyway, all right, I'm putting my balls away. All right, thank you for watching Billy Masters Live in my lighthouse that I love. You know I'm going to drop this. Um, we will be here next week, although I will not be here. I will be in Boston. Oh, I'm going to be freezing. I'm not going to be wearing T-shirts. And uh, as I said, I'm not sure who we're going to have Tuesday, but we do have Ruth Pointer, the Pointer Sisters, on Thursday. They'll be great shows no matter who's here. Thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. Wear your mask. Uh, take care of each other. Do something nice for a stranger. You know what I find helps? When you can then brag about it to somebody. I know it kind of takes the anonymity out of it, I like a little bit of acknowledgement for my good deeds. Anyway, have a great weekend. I'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Oh, don't forget this was Billy Masters Live because if we're here, we're live.